Wow. I'm back from vacation. Yes, you did go on a vacation. <laughs> you did too. That was I, great. I went on a trip. We were discussing the difference between a vacation and a trip. Right. Because realtors, when they take trips, they still work, right? Yes. We still take phone calls, texts. We look at email. We answer questions. We keep the business rolling, right? Yes. I did go on a last minute vacation trip, but I sold two houses while I was there. Right. And while I went on vacation, I sold houses too. <laughs> you did, actually. And I actually went on a two-week vacation. We went to Alaska. Amazing. You wouldn't believe it. It is amazing. I have incredible pictures. I kept a journal and made lots of notes. So if anybody wants to learn about Alaska and how to plan a great trip, we did a seven-day cruise on Princess and spent some time in Vancouver, Whistler, and Denali National Park. That sounds amazing, David. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a lifetime-type trip. I bet. So we should introduce ourselves. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with the Real Property St. Pete podcast. And Remax Metro. Indeed. So we're here and, you know, it, it's a time that we always try to schedule some travel at the end of July and early August. I've been doing this for about 10 years, taking a vacation during that time because lots of people are also taking a vacation during that time. And it's a good time to usually go away from the real estate market just because a lot of people are not putting new things on the market and the activity is a little slower and we expect that. Now, I, I mean, I left you here with some work to do though, right? You did, yes. Well, that's okay. It's good to continue working and be active. I think we've talked about this before in the market and that's going to be our focus today is talking about the market statistics and what's going on so we can get our listeners up to speed. And it's a good point that you make and we've discussed it before. This time of year is easier for a realtor to escape and take a vacation because things tend to be slow. And that really wasn't the case during 2020, 2021, the market took a total shift and it was busy throughout the summer season. But I think this year is one of the first years I'm feeling personally that we have a true market trend that's followed the last 10 years. Indeed. And, you know, I think that is something that if you're a buyer and you're looking for property and there's not much out there, you know, that's an easy explanation for them. It's also sometimes a good thing for a seller to maybe hit the market because there are buyers still looking, but they could be, you know, the only girl without a date. So if there are buyers who are serious buyers looking for something and you go on the market, you know, and you have a nice house, I mean, you could get some attention and there aren't usually casual buyers out there looking late July, or early August. If they're just casually looking, you know, they're probably looking for a place in the mountains to go away to where it's cooler. And they're not going out looking at property in, you know, 105 degree weather that we've been having. It's just not that attractive. And people from out of town aren't coming into town at this time of year. They're vacationing in places like the Georgia mountains, North Carolina mountains, Alaska, Colorado. They're going to places where it's actually cooler and they can spend time outside without getting blasted with sunburn. And heat. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's just been miserable. I think that uh, it's interesting because I've noticed with both my new listings that I've put on in the last month and with properties that I'm looking at with buyers that the days on market seems to be impacted as well. Stretching out. Stretching out. Yeah, yes. And the stats bear that out. This says medium time contract from last year, June of 22 to June of 23 is 14 days versus seven. That's doubled. And the time to sale has gone to 53 days versus 52 days. That's up 26% from June of 22 to joint June of 23. So yes, the time has definitely stretched out on these properties. Do you want to go over some more statistics? I think there's a couple things interesting in the June stats. One is that closed sales from uh, June of 23 to 
June of 22 is down 9%. The paid in cash is down 10%. Let's go back to the closed sales because I think there's some relevance between that and the listings, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, overall, this year, we're down 19%. And that's the number of units sold. So just the houses that have sold, we're talking houses, single family in Pinellas County. Overall, the average through the year so far, and this is you know through June, so the halfway point, we're down 19% in terms of units sold. Now, prices are up, so dollar volume looks better, but the actual number of houses is down 19%, the number that have sold. Do you think that's relevant to the listings? Because the listing inventory is down as well, only slightly. Yeah, the the active listings are down 9%. It's uh, 1,500 this year, 1,700 last year. Those are round numbers. New listings are down 28% from 1,535 new listings in June of 22 to 1,100 new listings in June of 23. Let's talk about that for a second because sure. I know what I'm seeing and I'm curious if something similar for you, even though a couple weeks you've been on vacation, is that the houses that are going on the market, especially in maybe like the median price range, there's a lot of junk. So the houses that are in very good condition, move in ready in prime locations are selling quickly still in less than a week. But you do see some of the inventory that's out there that just seems to be not good. Not good. I know exactly what you're saying. And I've been out looking in the $400,000 price range with a couple of different clients. And you know, the thing that you see is the ones that are really nice, they're overpriced and they're selling. The ones that are medium condition that are like, need some work. And you're like, gosh, I don't think it's going to sell for that. They end up getting a contract. It might be a week or two in, but they end up getting a contract, even though they're kind of in mediocre condition. You think it's, wow, it's got $50,000 worth of work to do here. Mm-hmm. They still get a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they're priced like they do. The ones that are terrible, they're not getting deals. Right. They just are lingering. But the middle of ground ones that really do need work. And I mean, you could move in, but gosh, you really want to do some work before you move into some of these medium. Uh, I was with a client looking in that similar price point, And one of the things that she said is that it reeks of rental property. In other words, it feels like a rental property. You know, my client made a comment about a house that was just awful. And he's like, well, this will be a rental. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, yeah, because the layout sucks. They scabbed on two additions. They're on a different level than the rest of the house. The flow is awful. And it's clear that whoever owned the house did all the work themselves. I'm interested to hear that you think those are going to turn into rentals. But that's a difficult situation because if you need a cash flow or an investment cap, those numbers don't work. It would be interesting to learn if that's cash buyers looking to park their money outside of of the financial market and into the housing market? Or is it people who just don't care about cash flow? Because unless you're putting a significant amount down, it doesn't really cash flow. So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are it's all about appreciation. So in Pinellas and St. Pete, you know, we're so close to land value all the time. You know it's what I mean? True, yes. You know, we're we're looking at 70, 80% of the value of, of the property that you purchase is the land, especially in a 
three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar price range, or even waterfront. What well, doesn't matter. You're and still. I, I can validate that. I had two listings that were in that four hundred range that got offers from developers. Yeah. That were very close to the offers that we got from real buyers who intended to live there. Right. So you say that you got a four hundred thousand dollar house and the land's worth three hundred and twenty five thousand. Maybe three fifty three seventy five. Probably right. not four hundred. But so, it's interesting. So you're making an investment on appreciation at about. 325 to 350 because the land is worth that. The house is crap and you can rent it for $2,000 a month. I mean, I know it doesn't cash flow. You're not going to make money on it as a, on a cap rate, but... If you, if you hit it in the right location. Yeah, then. yeah. I mean, you can still have somebody cash flow the house part because the house is only worth 50000 bucks. <laughs> I just think that if somebody can pull in some cash flow out of it, it doesn't, the cap rate's not going to work, but still you're buying a piece of property that's going to appreciate. I mean, look, every single statistic that I've got on here is not good, except for median sale price up 3.4% June 23 over June 22, up in the average sale sale price 6%. 635,681 is the average sale price. You know we don't love that, but still it's up 6% over June of 22, 600 up to 635. This is super validating to the conversations we've been having in our prior podcasts about what we thought the market would do. And so this is exactly what we anticipated and it's happening. So I'm excited to know. And I think that's really important, a reason to listen to these podcasts about the market statistics, because it allows you to anticipate market changes so that you can set a realistic list price and take advantage of the conditions. That's an important factor. But the thing that we've been talking about is that we did not anticipate that the prices, well, we had a toggle, I would say. Right. You and I always have a different opinion about things, Yeah. but we anticipate that prices would continue going up, but at a lower rate than they had in the last two to three years. I think that's true. But look at the volume of business that's down. So we're seeing the prices go up. That's what you said. And you were right. It didn't pull back. I'll say this. I think interest rates and homeowners insurance, there was an article in the Tampa Bay Times today about people moving out of Florida because they just can't afford homeowners insurance. And that's another conversation that we may need to jump into. But regardless, the number of homes selling is down almost 20%. That's something to pay attention to. And I think we need to watch that trend carefully to see what the reasons are and what we need to be paying attention to. So I'm glad you pointed that out. You know, when I was working with my client and he hadn't found a house and he's like, you know, should I wait or should I do something different or whatever? Why can't we find some? I mean, he wasn't frustrated at all, but we were just talking about the market and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I wonder what the market really says. I'm going to run a quick just analysis because as I looked at his search, I realized that I only had the sold properties at 60 days. You know, looking at a market that was six months ago for us is almost not even important, you know, because things change so much and so quickly. So I have for him in there a 60 day sold period. And in 60 days in the neighborhoods that we've picked, there's been 68 sold properties in 60 days. That's a lot. So I'm looking at absorption rate on 60 days and it's 20 active, 60. So and dig this, thirty-three pending. Wow, that's ridiculous. That's pretty. You've got like a hundred properties sold or under contract, only twenty for sale in these particular neighborhoods. And those twenty, ten of them are horrible. Right. That's why they're still for sale. Because if they're mediocre, they're under contract. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that price point is 300 to 450 It's funny because I think it's important to go hyper-specific to a location and see how that might be different than the general statistics for Pinellas County. Yes. And, and I just ran that on it because that's the, the neighborhoods that he wants to live in. So it is hyper-local. Specific neighborhoods that are not in a flood zone because he doesn't want to be in a flood zone. Houses that are 1,000 to 1,500 square feet, you know, kind of a smaller starter home for this young man. And wow, really tight market. Look, and I think that's important to do that research and help your clients manage their expectations. I did something recently similar to that in that my client wanted to be in a specific location and had a budget that was under $425,000. So I did some research and said, is this even possible to buy a home in this specific location that you're looking at? Also out of the flood zone. And how many houses have sold? There were really only two or three in a six month period of time that would have been considered by this buyer. Mm-hmm. So I think having that good. data really allows you to manage your expectations and maybe not get frustrated when you can't find something in that affordable, like what we call median price range for our area. Right. I, I, I like that because I like to set up some searches that also include some pendings and also include a short snippet of sold property so they can have some hope. Right. That something could happen and there could be a property for sale. But managing the time expectation for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So they see how hot things are. Were there any other statistics of note that stood out for you? I think we pretty much covered them. So I don't really think that we need to go over any more of these statistics. But what I do think is that you are going down a direction of why listen to our stats. Well, for a seller, I think it's very important because it helps set a realistic list price. Right. Understand the time on market that you can expect based on that information Mm -hmm. and establish the right price for the market. So part of that is the details of it, the things that we're talking about and knowing the market deeper than just what the statistics say, talking about what the buyers are looking for, what they're deciding on and what's actually happening. I think the appreciation of the market in keeping people in check that we are still in an improving market, but the improvements are much lower percentages, the two to three percent increases versus the 10 to 15 You know, we've talked about it in prior podcasts that sellers are setting their prices 10 to 15% more than the glass comps. And while they will get interest, if they are a spectacular home in spectacular condition and location, they may be able to reach that higher level. But if they're average or in a just an okay location, then keeping within that two to three percent range of market comps is really important. I think you're exactly right. Two different things. One thing is if you look back at the median sale price, when you go back starting in December of 22 through June of 22, it's 11, 11, 19, 14, 20, 20, 19. That's the month over month pricing change. Since then, January 23 through June 23 is what you're talking about. Zero, five, two, two, zero, three. Those are the percentages of increase in the median sale price that we've seen in the last six months. So it's incremental. I mean, it's still going up. It's not flat. That's good. But if you go pricing 10% over the comps, 15% over the comps, you're going to have trouble and you're going to have a trouble with appraisal. And the appraisals are tough. We went bad on appraisal on a deal I was just in, but they priced $20,000 higher than I said they would in the $300,000 price point. We got 2000 over list price. 
price, but it didn't appraise. So you spent three or four weeks off the market at a price in a contract that was going to fail and did. Went right back out, sold for $20,000 less, immediately appraised correctly. No problem. We went to closing. Well, that's a really good point because we're not seeing the high influx of cash buyers that we were. Right. That's down. And that means more properties might be subject to appraisal. And so keeping your price in check with what's going on in the market is really important. That's right. So we see that demand. I'm glad we transitioned into that because we were talking about how strong the demand is in that particular price point. That's fine. But if you're way overpriced, it's still going to come to the appraisal. And the appraiser at seven or eight percent interest, the appraisers feel fine telling you no. Mm -hmm. So lending's tight. Yes. Well, I think that was a really great recap. And I'm excited to get back on track with podcast output and allow our listeners to know what's going on in the market and what's going on with us. Yeah, I've missed it. It's been fun. And we've been off for three or four weeks. And I'm really glad to be back. Yes. I think we're in celebration because we recognize that in August of 2022, we started our podcast. I know. This is our birthday. Our birthday, August. uh, Our anniversary. Is our one year anniversary of podcasting. And we had a fun recollection that there were a lot of podcast recordings that did not get published. (laughs) That's right. The first three months, people were listening to us and said, why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) So with some redirection and good guidance, I think that we're on a great path and we really appreciate your listening. Right. Our thanks to our sibling realtors who listened in and questioned why and what we were doing. (laughs) And gave some really good critique. Right. And thanks so much to Amber for being our producer and telling us what to do and not to do. Yes. So nice celebration of one year of podcasting together, David. I really enjoy it and I love sharing our knowledge with our listeners and we appreciate you listening today. Absolutely. So please follow us, like these things, and please share them with your friends. I mean, I told a guy today that I've known for a while who's a real estate attorney that we had a podcast. He was like, wow. And I sent him some, you know, really getting the word out that this type of information is available on our podcast, I think is important. Thank you for sharing and subscribe. Yes. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van With the Real Property St. Pete podcast and REMAX Metro.